here we are right now. And today, I'd like to talk about a particular episode that I heard on the Sam Harris podcast. This episode was titled, The Mating Strategies of Earthlings. And it was a conversation that Harris had with David Buss. And I feel a little bit let down, a little bit like there wasn't enough of an exploration in that conversation about the deeper side of human relations between a man and a woman, between traction of the opposite sex, between intimate partners. And that's not to say that what they spoke about in that conversation wasn't of value. It's not that it wasn't true. It was just not far enough. It wasn't deep enough. It didn't really go into the full depths of the picture. And I believe that's because, well, it's a limited paradigm. It's a closed paradigm. Now, here's the thing to understand about paradigms, is that they appear to be all-encompassing. They appear to explain everything, because they do have multiple parameters, multiple details, many examples. They have a history, they have a process, they have a trajectory, and all the rest of it. Because of their complexity, they seem to be complete. They seem to be like, well, this is all the answer that we need. This is all the truth of the matter. When in fact, paradigms, whatever it is, are only one perspective, <laughs> right? It's just like that old thing of, it's just your perspective, there's other perspectives. Well, that's actually a very interesting question. I mean, as much as a cliche that is of, oh, there are multiple perspectives, it's actually a very interesting question. And this paradigm of the mating strategies of earthlings, of the biological situation that we're in, is a limited paradigm. To say that human beings are driven by sex, or to say that human beings are driven by their biological impulse, or their drive to recreate, is like saying that car is driven by its steering wheel. Now, really, that's how much is left on the table. That's how much is left out in this narrow, narrow paradigm. Now, of course, a car, <laughs> a car needs a steering wheel. A car has the steering wheel as central to its operation. You're not going to get very far in a car without a steering wheel. So in many senses, it's very easy to see how central and how foundational a steering wheel is to the car. Now, in terms of this conversation of Harris talking about the mating strategies of earthlings, well, this is exactly the kind of conversation which is saying, well, cars are driven by steering wheels. The mating strategies of humans are driven by evolutionary 
conditioning that we all have. And generally speaking, males want a variety of partners. They want to spread their seed and they want to have the best mates possible. Females want the best seed possible and they want someone who's going to stay around and be stable and strong and reliable for the raising of those children. They're going to want someone who has the resources to provide, protect and care for those children. Now that whole thing, right, that story is so narrow. It's so limited. And what it really leaves out is that human beings are not just biological. We're also existential. We don't just have steering wheels. We also have wheels. We also have a body. We also have an engine. Now, I don't want to get the (laughs) analogy to be too confusing with the body of the car and the body of the human being, because the body of the human being is what we would normally associate with the biological component of our existence. Now, let's go into some of the deeper driving forces behind the mating strategies of human beings or existential beings, as we could say. For one thing, person wants partner who is alive. And this is so amazing to realize. This is so amazing to really encounter. And it's actually very rare. It's very rare to encounter someone who's truly alive. And it's rarer still to be aware enough to notice it in someone. And perhaps even more rarer, even still more, that they would let you in and they would have this dance with you. When someone's really alive, They see things as fresh. They feel deeply. They get excited about things. They're insightful about things. They're playful. They want to discover things. This is very attractive. This is very attractive. When you see someone who can open up the beauty of the world to you, they are truly alive. And that is what we're really looking for. That is something that runs deeper than a sexual impulse or an evolutionary need to reproduce. Another thing we look for in a partner is someone who can arrive at realizations. Someone who can see things either through their own initiative and their own wisdom, or with the help of you yourself. When you can help someone, when you can teach someone, and they can discover something, and you can see the before and after, you can see that before you said something or did something or demonstrated something or helped them with something, they couldn't see it for themselves. They hadn't realized it. And after you had done all those things for them, they could, when you see the before and after, when you could see the 
transition from ignorance to wisdom, when you see that in someone, that is so amazing. That is so attractive. That is so powerful. To have that kind of power over someone ties you to them in such an intimate way. Now, when we talk about someone having power over someone, right? This is also a little bit of a sketch in this biological evolutionary picture of mating patterns, right? Because power, right? Men are physically stronger, so they can dominate women, right? Power over the woman physically in terms of strength. And then the woman can be emotionally manipulative or socially and reputationally manipulative. So that's the power over the man, right? So that's power. There's a power play. And then there's also the power of, well, who are you going to get to date? Who are you going to get to mate with? Well, depends on your status as a human being, depends on your resources, depends on your power in society at large, right? So there's a dynamic there. That's power. That's a back and forth. But this this picture, this sketch is very much still only part of that one small paradigm, that biological, rational, evolutionary paradigm. What a more profound power over someone is, is to be able to get inside their very perspective, the very reality by which they're operating under, and then to change it for the better, to be able to actually reveal to them, hey, no, you're doing something wrong. Hey, there's a better way to do what you're doing. And of course, this can happen on many levels. It can be the way you think about something, the way you talk about something, the way you act, the way you feel. That's a very deep level. If you can change the way something someone feels about something or an emotional component within, within them, that's, that's an emotional ignorance moving to an emotional wisdom. If you can do that for them, there is going to be an intense connection between you. And that intense connection will far outweigh any sort of physical or biological or status or ABC sort of power connection that you may have had. Now, there's another way to look at this, or there's a further insight, which is very obvious when we look at the case of people who have lived this paradigm to the extreme. So if we say we've got this Harris bus kind of paradigm, and we say, well, what happens when someone actually operates under that paradigm? What happens when they really live it and they really go through it? Because remember, if you're in a paradigm and you actually evolve through it, you will naturally break out of it. You will naturally expand into something else. The problem, of course, is that people stay in their paradigms because they're not pushing the limits. In the case of finding mating uh, a mate, there are people who have taken that paradigm to the extreme. They see You see this in the porn industry, right? The man who wants a variety of partners. There are porn stars who have had sex with hundreds and hundreds and thousands of women. Literally thousands of women. And not just any old sort of -of run-of-the-mill women. I'm talking like the hottest, most 
gorgeous, most beautiful women. And it's come up again and again in all sorts of documentaries about how that man feels about his relationships after experiencing that, after living like that. Of course, what he wants is what he realizes, which is that he wants something deeper. He wants a connection on a deeper level. He wants to connect with someone more intimately on something more than just physical, right? Now, if a woman comes to that man and she has some of the things that we've talked about so far, she has the ability for him to come into his own wisdom the ability for him to realize things for himself or for him to teach her things and to help her realize things for herself. Or they have the ability between them to make each other feel more alive, more vibrant, more playful, more open, more explorative, more free, right? That connection is going to be so powerful that this porn star guy who's had sex with thousands of women, is going to see that it's of more value than how he's been living. He can't, he won't be able to go back to that life. He'll actually see, ah, I need to actually stay and form a relationship with this person. I actually have to see that this is the best thing for me. Now, of course, it is up to his own wisdom, right? He might be set in his ways. He might be stuck. He might be habituated with the life that he's been living. And he might still push it off, right? Just because you find something good doesn't mean you necessarily recognize that it's good and have the wisdom to pursue it. Now, there's another major point or there's another thing that is left on the table. And this is... Let me just take a moment to formulate this and to remember exactly what it is. So we've talked about, ah yes, here it is. So we've talked about being alive, someone who's truly alive, and someone who can bring realization to you, someone who can allow realizations. That's a two-way street. There's another third big component of what we look for in a partner. It's someone who doesn't let the human condition crush them. It's someone who doesn't let into the pressures of life. Now, in a generic sense or a sort of cliched sense, this is just like be confident, right? Be confident. People love to be with someone who's confident. That's really just the surface. The deeper level is someone who doesn't let the pressures of life get to them. They can rise to the challenge. They can live with their pains. They can live with their hurts. And also, the other side of it is, is that they are aware of those things. Most people aren't aware of those things. Most people walk around pretending that life doesn't suck. And I hate to tell you, I hate to be the one to break this to you, but life really sucks. Life is difficult. 
And this is not just personal, but also global, right? The pains of the world, the problems we're facing, the threats, the looming disasters, right? To get a sense of that is to really go into something very dark. That is the human condition. That is the pain of the human condition. And it is the most incredible thing to find someone who knows that, who senses that, and yet keeps the brave face, who soldiers on, and not only keeps the brave face and not only soldiers on, but actually thrives. They can actually live with joy. They can live with ecstasy. They can live with celebration. They can actually celebrate this life. To find someone like that, to really relate to someone like that, is quite rare. And when it happens, it's extraordinary. It goes goes far beyond sex. It goes far beyond any sort of biological impulse. It goes far beyond any sort of evolutionary drive. Because we were existential long before we were biological. Because we existed before we were alive. And I don't mean about something of, like, past lives. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we existed before we were alive in that when we were rocks or when we were going from the primordial soup into single-celled organisms and then to multi-celled organisms and to complex life forms, well, we existed before we were making that leap, right? If we're looking at our evolutionary history or our evolutionary time scale, right? We've, we've always existed as, as atoms and molecules and quarks long before we were alive. So to find someone who is aware of their existential nature their human condition, their personal pains, their personal hang-ups, their personal limitations, and also the pains of others, the pains of the people around them, the hurts of the people around them, and also the pain of humanity at large, and yet to still thrive, to still be alive, that is the most attractive thing. That is the most incredible thing to find in someone. So that's a little bit about, to go back to our analogy of what drives the car, whether it's steering wheels or wheels. That's a little bit more of what's under the hood. And of course... Of course, human beings are very much centered in their biological impulses. We're, hor- we're hormonal. We're reptilian. We're very much driven by, quite frankly, sex. 
but it doesn't have to be the case. This really is just one paradigm, and it, and, and it very much just seems like that because of the vantage point that we have, because of where we're at. And I can understand that. I can understand that. And Harris and Bus actually do an amazing job at explaining that paradigm. They're very beautiful in making things clear, but I just felt that there was more to say about it. I just felt that they they could have gone a lot more deep. And, of course, Harris is aware of these things. He's hip to meditative practices. He's hip to Tantra. He's had his relationships. He's had his profound connections with other people. There's no doubt that he knows many of these things for himself. It's just that, well, they might have just slipped his mind. So, it's not to say that Harris is stuck in his paradigm. It's not really for me to judge, right? I just thought that it would be good to venture off a little bit further down the path into some other areas of what's really going on when you're connecting with someone. Because when you're connecting with someone, you are really feeling more alive. You are living more deeply. When you meet someone who is truly alive, that is the most amazing thing. And of course, it's also amazing when you find someone who can show you your own realizations, whether that be on the level of the mind, or the level of your behaviors, or the level of your emotions, or any other level any other component of your experience that we might talk about. And it really is one of the most profound things for someone to realize their human condition, to realize the pain of what it means to be a humanoid, and yet still to thrive with that knowledge, to still be strong within that, condition. So those are a few thoughts. Thanks very much for tuning in and we'll be back soon with more.